Welcome to the Militant Grind Show. We are at our sixth episode. Today, I have a guest that's world-renowned. Like, this dude, man, I'm like, I don't know how you can get any better, man. You know, like, a real community activist, a leader in his community. And it's like, it's, it's a person that's really genuine about doing good for the community. I'm talking about, like, before... He got into what he got into. He was about the community and a straight stand-up guy, the one and only Andre Spicer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, man. No doubt. I tried, intro. Right. I tried to keep it short, man, but, you know, yesterday, oh, Councilman of Compton, California, District yeah. 2. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot all about that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's a that's a hell of an accolade, bro. Man, hell of an accolade. That, bro, I appreciate it, man. It took us a little journey to get here. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't easy getting here, man. This whole thing was a process, but uh now that we're here, bro, it's just, you know, you gotta hit the ground running, man, and be as effective as you can. And man, and that you have, man. I'm like, I'm like, how could I do this? Cause, you know, I, I've been watching you, you know, since the beginning, bro. Like, yeah. I looked at a Snapchat memory yesterday, right? And it was seven years ago, I was at the Hub City radio uh, station that you had. Yeah. You were, you know, y'all were interviewing, and I'm just like, you know, I got the camera. I'm like, I'm in Compton at the radio. And I'm like, man, that was seven years ago. Time flies, bro. Yeah, like, you've been putting in work for years. Yeah, man. It's it's, it's been a while, bro. And uh, it, it started off with just, honestly, man, it started off with just wanting to change the image of Compton. Mm hmm. That's how, like everything for me in terms of like the radio businesses and now uh, politics, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's all been about changing the perception of Compton. How was it growing up in Compton for you? Um, that's a pretty, I had a pretty balanced um, upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, my mom grew up, I mean, came up on the, on the east side. So I grew up on the east side. Mm -hmm. of Compton, but um, my mom grew up on the west side of Compton. So my grandmother first bought a house. My grandmother and grandfather bought a house uh, in Santa Monica and physically moved the house to Compton wow. in Richland Farms and put it on a half acre of land. And then my grandfather built a back house and a garage. And then they had like a whole farm over there. So like mm -hmm. we lived in Richland Farms. Mm -hmm. We had like horses and pigs and goats and chickens and sheep and geese and rabbits and dogs just in the backyard. Mm. You know, this was a regular, this was, this was life. But I remember my first memory was coming out of my grandmother's back door and my grandfather and his buddies had a pig upside down and they had drained, it was draining it. It was, in a, it was like a very traumatic memory for me. I was like three years old. Mm -hmm. But that's how they used to, like, they, they had a farm. They used to grow the food they used to feed the food mm -hmm. slaughter the food they did the whole nine mm -hmm. so that was like my west side uh vibe on the east side um it was more city you know mm -hmm. uh it was a little more um for me at the, you know just being more conscious of where i was at of course we saw the gang banging we saw the drugs we saw the prostitution was heavy still is in all honesty you know in that area Mm -hmm. uh, off Long Beach Boulevard. And right. uh, you just, you constantly see that on a day-to-day -day basis. And you grow accustomed to it. It becomes natural. Mm -hmm. It becomes, 
it's the way of life. And 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 you don't realize the effects that it has on you right. until you get grown and you're like, man, why do I look at life this way? And we can break it down to streets, we can break it down to women, we can break it down to family, we can break it however you want to break it down. But all of that was based off of the culture that was that that, that you was raised in. Right. And and I I feel like I got a little bit of everything, man. Like my dad was a Compton PD. Mm. My grandfather was Waterman. And I'm not talking about H2O. He was the Waterman. I don't know what that is. He, he, used, to, <laughs> he used to cook uh he used to cook up uh PCP Sherman. Oh, okay, okay. Actually they used to call it the water. Mm -hmm. And uh he he was he was that guy in that area. Mm -hmm. Um so I, I just happened to have seen a lot of different things mm -hmm. in my upbringing. Um but my mom always taught me just to be me, like mm -hmm. just to be comfortable in who you are, and I, I, I that was me. So I grew up just doing me, man. I was always hustling, partying, throwing parties together. Uh, I ended up getting into fashion design, so I started designing evening gowns and tuxedos and wedding dresses and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. I was designing for some of my homies that was in the hood, like some of my, some of my best friends that got life today. Mm -hmm. I had them on runways. Like, wow. like I just, I was in the culture, but I was me, mm -hmm. and I was comfortable being who I was. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the, yeah, man, we was out here gang bang, going to jail, you know, selling dope, yada yada yada. I don't have that story. Now that is some parts of the story, right? But that is not my story, right? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times we get uh, in Compton. And just inner cities in general, we get uh, stereotyped, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we fall into those stereotypes. Like, like we have to live up to those stereotypes, right? And that becomes a part of your story of who you are. Mm -hmm. um, I think like if in Compton for real, people are very diverse. It's not no one way. And right. like, oh, if you you either power or you crip, that's it. Or USA, like you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's it, and that's not the case. You got so many different facets of people in the city, and I could appreciate you um, breaking that down, man. Because I often tell people, like, you know, I grew up in the inner city, mostly like South Central and the South Bay, because my dad is from South Central, right? Mm -hmm. So he went to Horseman Crenshaw. I went to Crenshaw. So I ended up, you know, like say we, you know, like say with you, like your family grows up in the community, you end up knowing everybody, everybody yeah. knows you. But then I started to pay attention to like the type of people. I'm like, everybody's not a game maker. Like some people are straight squares and nerds. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are just regular, you know, like yeah. they're not even interested in that. But then, you know, the music that gets promoted from people from that area, they just make it seem like it's hell all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? I right. like say my grandmother, you know, her house was in the hood, like in the in the rolling 60s. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the most active parts. But then growing up, I was like, man, this is beautiful. You know, like we're in a house. I'm with my family. You know, mm -hmm. everything is cool. We know the neighbors. They cool. We saying, you know, what I'm saying it was like it was a real community. But have somebody else tell it, you know, from the outside looking in or whatever or however you want to say it, but whatever. But <laughs> from the outside. They will say that, you know, you must be going through this or it must be drive-bys, it must be killings, it must be breaking, it must be all of these different things, you know? And it's just like, man, it's not really like that. You know, it's crazy because, like, I ended up figuring out that Boys in the Hood 
was filmed like right around the corner from my granny's house. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. I, I, I feel you with that, but I, and I love that you are active in changing the image of the city, bro. We tell that story and we've been telling that story to our kids and our community for so long. Mm -hmm. And those are the stories that get promoted the most. I shouldn't say that's not the only story we tell, that we're telling because we're telling our kids. I mean, we're showing our kids. It's, mm -hmm. They're a part of it. You mm -hmm. see, like you said, like over in your grandmother's in that area at that time in the 60s, it was family. Right. It was love. It was like, it was probably community. It was mm -hmm. probably other things that we cherish and appreciate it, but we don't talk about or right. we don't get a chance to put it on a, on a bigger platform. Mm -hmm. We like to put our, plain, our pain and our, our trauma right. on a higher platform. To get paid for it, but don't do nothing about that particular. <laughs> right, problem. right. That's so like you know. That's I don't want to go down that road, but like, no, no, we, we can, bro. Because I, you know, like I, I love that. Because I'm honestly one of the people that's just fed up with it. I'm like, man, just because people are from this area does not mean that they're all gangsters, thugs, and you know, we just have the the negative stigma sticks to us. And um, you know, I'm just gonna keep it real. The people that put that negative stigma on us weren't really about that life. No. You know what I'm no, saying? That's the truth. Weren't really about that life. Like, when it comes to L.A. rappers, mm -hmm. that, you know, there's only about two of them. But then you also got to <laughs> consider that the industry mm -hmm. shapes, shapes us to think a particular way. Yeah. It shapes, it shapes that for us. It shapes our reality. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, they, some people can't make it until they put out yeah. some music that, is talking about doing drugs, mm -hmm. talking about shooting up something, talking about women in a particular way. Like mm -hmm. you have to do that for some people to to break through. Right. And the result of that is not just music. Mm -hmm. It's not just how you look at things because that 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 dictates how other people look at you. Right. It dictates how sometimes you look at you. Right. And you try to fit in some of those images and and, and police are attacking that image and, and now at this point now it's like did you know I'm, I'm sidetracked I'm, I'm gonna circle back do you know that an inmate brings in a jail on average $80,000 each inmate what yeah so you're getting on average you're mm -hmm. getting about $80,000 per inmate so for a system that looks out into the world mm -hmm. we're not looking at individuals and lives we're looking at 80,000 that's, that's 160 now we we counting now it's money now mm -hmm. and so now you create a system that makes sure that you're constantly getting paid right so now music becomes a part of that system mm -hmm. visuals become a part of that system social media becomes a part of that system it's constantly uh, working to put us back in this rat race. Right. But if we don't realize it, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we got to have more compassion because I, I I went down this road, right? I'm like, yo, why are all these people putting this bad stigma on us that really ain't about that life? Mm -hmm. And it's bigger than that. It's mm -hmm. bigger than them. You know what right. I'm saying? It's a whole system. Mm -hmm. And what I don't like about us as a culture is black people. We don't have enough compassion for our people. Like, we're ready to, we're ready to cut their necks off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody though, that's yeah. just how we. That's yeah. how we've been conditioned. Mm -hmm. But that's when you get generations not working with each other. That's why the old heads won't work with the young heads, right? Because of the same pointing the finger, not forgiving, not having compassion for the people that's putting the same rat race that you put in, right? As dealing with the same things that might not be as strong as as you, 
in certain areas. You, t- you talked about mental strength before. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody doesn't have mental strength. Right. You know what I'm saying? And some rich people, mm-hmm. <laughs> some talented people don't have mental strength, but they are very influential. Right. So once you get them to break down, you got a whole culture. You got a whole generation that can follow. Yeah. And we have to start giving ourselves uh, grace, you know, because it's like we're just starting. You know, a lot of us mm-hmm. are like just now breaking the mold of the things that's been holding our ancestors down. Yep. You know, for generations and generations. Just because like the civil rights, you know, uh, movement is done, like a lot of us were still suffering. And then we're trying to come out of that suffering. And we, you know, we're behind hundreds of years. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Especially our generation, we're damn near starting from scratch. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a lot of us. We are the only generation since black people have come to this country on slave ships. And we were here before that, but mm-hmm. since that time, we were one of the only generations that started off at a lower level than our parents. Mm-hmm. Like for the last few generations, you know, they our parents have been pushing their kids up to have more and more and then you know what I'm saying but yeah. for us we fell off yeah. our generation fell off so you're right we are starting from almost scratch mm-hmm. however man this is the best time to have ever lived in this country as a person of color mm-hmm. like we have it as hard as it is right and as challenging as ha- as it as it is on a day-to-day basis today is the easiest that we've ever had it in this country yeah I would I would agree with that because I see people younger than us, like in their early twenties and mid twenties, you know, but they grew up during a different time where they weren't going through the traumatic effects that we went through. You know, like a lot of people be like, Yeah, man, you know, game banging is still active. I'm like, No, bro, no, it's not. No. Hell no. Not when not when we were in high school and in our twenties. No, no, you couldn't go anywhere. You know, like we were dealing with trauma after trauma and then like you know, being born in the 80s during the crack epidemic and the majority of your friends' parents are on crack. And, you know, people have all these kids in foster care, all these broken homes, daddy dead, daddy in jail. You know, it was just like, it was crazy. We were dealing with a lot of people that were going through, you know, a, a lot of pain. You know what I'm saying? The crack epidemic, I think, definitely set us back further than any other trauma that we probably dealt with. Yeah. And... Modern times, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but again, every generation has its own struggles. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So everybody, we can we can look back on every generation and say, "Man, that wasn't that wasn't nothing." You know what I'm saying? Or y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like we can go back and say to the younger generation, "Like game banging ain't nothing." Like mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. Like, it's an old. You know, it's kind of like old. Like it's washed. Right. We can say that, but. And they have another struggle that they're dealing with. And that might be social media. That might be online bullying. That might yeah. be uh, the, the the mental health uh, of, of them. You know what I'm saying? Just the mental health aspect of it. So, like, we all got different traumas and generations that we deal with. And we act as if it was, this is as bad as it can get. <laughs> right. Like, y'all got it easy. Mm-hmm. And, and every generation would say that to the next generation. Every generation. There's yeah. there's some civil rights people like, man, we got chewed up by dogs, bro. Right. Hit with water hoses. You know what I'm saying? What you got pulled over and it jacked you up for some, you know. You know, I did have a conversation with a, a old hair from Compton, and he always basically tried to be like, you know, in the 80s, man, that's when gangbanging was real. 
And I'll be like, bro, I still got homies dying at my age now. Like, I don't see where, you know, why it would be fake or whatever, but I do know that it was a transition because of, you know, like say the crack epidemic ended and whatever, you know, but I do feel like when you said like it's a it's a difference now, it's because we have the tools and the resources due to the internet for like mental health, for, you know, listening to podcasts, listening to people talk about way different ways we could heal ourselves that, you know, we didn't have growing up. Right. You know, these kids could start a business online, you know, yep. just by making the videos or learn how to make a product. You know, it's like it's limitless. Yep. You know, if you broke, you could drive Uber and Lyft and, you know, do DoorDash. We had nothing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. Like if we had if we were broke, we were just like, man, nobody's hiring. I don't know what else to do. Nowadays, it's like, oh, just go on your phone, sign up for this app, start making deliveries. Boom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. That when you said that, I was like, okay, I could I could definitely understand because now, you know, it's like there's no reason why anybody should not be making money in some kind of way. You know, just due to the internet and the information and the way that we could connect with people. Like say, you know, uh watching you become councilman and me seeing like, oh, they're giving free gas at this gas station in Compton, y'all pull up, you know, and that had the internet going crazy. Like y'all had the news out there. You know, the exposure was out of this world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then you got to think about how many other people you're going to inspire just by doing that to give to the community. And and let me, because I'm glad you went to the, me being councilman. Yeah. Um, I had no intention of never being <laughs> an elected official, bro. That, was, that wasn't something that was in my trajectory at all. I just mm -hmm. like not, not thinking about that in the, in the least bit. But I saw that. I saw my people struggling. And when I say my people, I'm talking about my community. I'm not talking about just black people. I'm not talking about, you know, specific. It's just my people in general. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? We all are struggling. And uh, there's people that are in position that can help with those struggles. And I felt like they weren't doing the work. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was doing a lot of work from a community a uh, activist aspect. And I was doing more than them. So I was like, yeah, okay, well, let me let me kind of get into a position to where I can really put some of these ideas to take them to a whole other level. Right. Get some different funding behind them. Um, start really just addressing the real issues in the community. Because you can't change the community until you provide the resources that they need. Mm -hmm. You can't go into a hood and be like, yeah, y'all got to just get right. Like, that ain't realistic. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have to provide people with opportunity and resources so you can even get their attention mm -hmm. so they can even pay attention to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Bro, you got to do 40 hours a week at work, probably 50, 60. You got a husband or you got a wife. You got a side husband, a side wife. You got several kids. You're in school. Mm -hmm. You got, you know, all this stuff happening around you. And I want you to pay attention to politics. Right. And it's like, how do I even get your attention? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's three main essential things that we need. Like we need we need shelter, we need food, and we need water. Right. We need the security. Right. We need those things, right? Um, if I can't help you achieve those things, what does it mean for you to even vote or engage civically? Right. Why why would you? Right. What's the point? Right. So my thing was for my first year, I was gonna meet people where they were at. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of giveaways. And it's not something that I don't want to be known for the giveaway person. Mm -hmm. um, but for the first year, it was about 
meeting people where they are, helping them get the resources that they need so that we can have these conversations, these civic engagement conversations. Um, I think the gas giveaway was something that no one ever did before. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't know nobody that was doing gas giveaways. So uh, I hooked up the first time with El Campa uh, Negro, and we had put a, a gas giveaway uh, together with Harry O. And we put together a few thousand dollars, and it was $50 a car mm-hmm. for as many cars as we can do. And we wasn't starting until 7 in the morning. People were lined up at 10 p.m. the night before. What? No. I'm not playing with you, bro. And not, and. and oh, my God. And my boys <laughs> called me, like, at 5 in the morning, like, Dre, you need to hurry up and get up here, man. You know that. They've been up here for a long time. The line is crazy. It's, you know, yeah. it was a little, it was a little chaotic because mm-hmm. I didn't expect people to get there at 10 at night. You know what I'm saying? Damn. And so when I got there, it, the line had wrapped around the block two or three times. We had to kind of organize it, man. But it, it showed the need mm-hmm. that people had. I had people run out of gas while, st- while sitting in, in line. Uh, and... Bro, just hearing the stories, hearing how people was grateful to be able to put $50 in their tank when they've been doing $10 and $15 for the last, every day for the last however many days, you know, people just trying to get to school, get their kids to school, get to work, mm-hmm. like getting getting that feedback, you know what I'm saying, was seeing that was, 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 was it touched me in a different way. Um. And the same thing with the the, the food. We're doing that same thing. We fed 5,000 families mm. with, with groceries. We gave away uh, diapers and, and, and toys and kids' supplies to over 1,000 families. Like, we've been able to do things like that. Um, the expungement clinics is what I've been doing. Like, I've been big on the expungements. Mm-hmm. Uh, helping people get their records cleared up so that they can make livable wages. Right. Uh, do the expungement clinics, and I'll pair that with employers that don't even care if you got a record, you know what I'm saying? But they're like real careers. Mm-hmm. They're not just jobs. They're actual careers. And they come in, and they're ready to hire you on the spot. They're ready to interview you, you know what I'm saying? You got to bring those resources to people. Everybody don't always know where to go to get them. Right. So as I'm giving them the things that I, I you know, to, to help them get through the day, through the week, I'm also on the other end. Providing them with opportunities to where they don't have to expect for me to fill up the car with gas or for me to put uh, groceries in the house or backpacks or whatever. Like, we're going to do that and we're going to get y'all ready and saying comfortable. But this is, this is what you really need. This is the goal. This is, this is the, the clear your record. You know what I'm saying? Now you can, you can apply for apartments. You know, sometimes you can't even get an apartment if you got a felony. Wow. Like, so if you turn around and you're looking at a homeless population, mm-hmm. you got to look at all kinds of reasons why people are homeless. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. You got a record from 1995, and you've been good, straight, not in no trouble ever since then. But for whatever reason, you can't get an apartment because you got this felony from way but 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How do we expect you to get right? right. How do I expect you not to go out there and do whatever you got to do to survive? Mm-hmm. I understand that. I respect it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But... How do I get you in a position where you don't have to do that no more? And so that was my angle for the whole first year. Like, meet them where they at, get them the resources that they need, and constantly do it. You know what I'm saying? Don't stop. And So, so was that, like, out of the kindness of your heart? Because 
I don't know any councilman doing that at all. Like I've never like yeah. so it's like you're a councilman, but like say if I was because you know we know each other. I, I, you know, maybe if I look at another councilman and be like, you know, I expect them to do what Andre is doing. But I'm like, that might be a little far-fetched. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has different angles and goals of what they want to accomplish mm -hmm. and the reasons why they want to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. I come from that area, that community. Those is my friends. Mm -hmm. Them the people I went to school with, I went to the park with. Right. Them the people I was in the streets with. Mm -hmm. So I know what they, know what they need. Right. I'm at the bus station. Yo, you, I look in your eyes. I, this what you need. Like, I know you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you, you can't fake that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I want to be effective. Right. Like, I, I don't know if you even know all I did to even get here in this position to actually be a councilman. But Man. if, oh, we'll recap that real quick. I ran, I was, I was, I was a council uh, liaison. So I had got, um, I had worked another campaign to get Michelle Chambers in office. She hired me as her liaison. Two years later, I resigned because I wanted to run for office. Mm -hmm. I ran for office. Six months later, they told me I lost by one vote. Mm -hmm. uh, I suspected voter fraud, paid for a recount, found the voter fraud, submitted it to the district attorney's office. They indicted the incumbent and five other people. I had to... Uh, uh, file a civil case, mm -hmm. get in front of a judge. Judge saw me eight months later, took her, uh, we, we, we whooped ass in court for two days. Uh, it took her three months to deliberate on, a, on, on an answer. It wasn't until after an actual murder occurred involving the incumbent uh, is when the day she decided to rule on that, on that case. And then I finally got into my seat as a council mm. person. It was 364 days to the date of the last election. So I've, after campaigning for six months, I, I went to court. We, we, we hustled and bustled, fought cases, and did all that for a year after that to get here. Now that I'm here, mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, I can't not do nothing. Mm -hmm. I can't sit on my hands like, all right, cool, now we done got there. No, I got to get to work. Right. Like, it only makes sense to actually get to work and I'm only indebted to the people that donated to my campaign. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Like my constituents and people that paid for it, yes. But I raised $60,000 off the homies. Damn. I'm, I raised $60,000 off the streets. Mm -hmm. People that donated, they twos and fuse mm -hmm. to see me in office. Those are the people I owe. So I don't owe no tobacco company. I don't owe no marijuana company. Right. I don't owe you know, uh, some senator that gave me X amount of dollars. Like I don't owe nobody but the streets. And mm -hmm. so I, that's the people I got to work for. And so you asked me to come out the kindness of my heart, man, this is just what you, what, what wouldn't you do for your family? Man, you know what? I tell people all the time, it's about the money that's going to make the change. If yes. you're not donating to the local politicians or oh. people that have your interests, you're not going to get anywhere because they're only going to listen to the people that's, that's contributing to their campaign. That's the truth. And I'm like, you know, I just learned this watching House of Cards. And I was oh, like, you know, it's real. this makes perfect sense to me. So yeah. it's like, say, you know, but but that, but you know, you just basically gave a testament of like what we should start doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But then it's also through you, we're becoming more aware of office. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of the uh your fellow council people are in their 70s. 
Yeah. You know, like you're the only person I know that's within my generation that ran for an office, let alone get elected. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then there's power in that. But to but just to keep it real, when I first heard that you were running for office, I really wasn't surprised, bro. Like me knowing like who you are and how you get down and you know, the Hub City Radio and everybody just loving you. You having people from different sets, you know, all coming together and it's peaceful. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, as far as I know. No, it, it, you know? it has been. It has <laughs> been. been peaceful. So I was just like, you know, this really isn't a, a stretch. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, that's who you are. You're a community type of person. Like, nobody else had a, a radio station like that. Yeah. You know, a radio station is a communal type of thing. You know what I'm saying? It is, man. But then it was like, you know, you're probably like, man, nah, I, I'm that dude. There's no way I lost this election. So much. Hey, you know what? It was, it, it was, it was, it, it was a sense to of, uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, bro. I, he wasn't beating me, Mike. Right. He wasn't, he wasn't beating me, bro. It wasn't happening. <laughs> I wasn't taking that. I was like, nah. No, nah, I know, yeah, because I was, cause, yeah, but then it's like you, you know people, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and and when you that's the neighborhood that you you're from, you probably like, nah, there's no way, you know, people donated money, but then it was like it was good that you actually stood up and fought the way you fought, you know what I'm saying, like in a fearless kind of way, because a lot of us are like hesitant to take it that far, you know what I'm saying. But the thing is, man, it's it has been, it was, and. It, has been and always will be bigger than me. Yeah. So me standing up and fighting was bigger than just me wanting to say I won a seat. Yeah. And without even being dramatic, I'm just not of the what could be, could not be. Had I not done that, mm -hmm. there's 250 people that have been expunged from their records that would not have been expunged. Mm -hmm. There's 150 people that have been employed that would have not been employed. There's 5,000 families that would have not received resources. There's several thousands of residents that would have not been served, heard, streets repaved, mm -hmm. uh, 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 parks um, uh, uh, reestablished, uh, after-school programs. Like stuff for the, uh, I have an after school, not me specifically, but we brought an after school program that's specific for special needs children. We ain't got that in Compton. We never had it in Compton. We never even considered catering to our special needs. Yeah, we got our own school districts. And we got, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we, those things wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have fought for it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to fight for it if I didn't get those donations. I wouldn't have been able to get them donations if I didn't have. The, the record, the track record, the resume that I had. Yep. It's all a process, but you got to believe in it. You got to ask somebody that you believe in and get behind them, not just with the share and the like. Sometimes you got to send $100 that way, a couple hundred dollars that way. We spend money on such trivial things. Mm -hmm. We go on to strip clubs. We buying apes. We buying bottles. You know what I'm saying? And it does none of this stuff progresses the culture of your life, your community or nothing. And I'm not saying don't do it. I do it. You know what I'm saying? We all do it. Everybody partakes in all these different things. It's not, not to say not that you... Though, but I got you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't do but, but in all, in all honesty, bro, is we, we waste so much money on so many minute things and we don't take the time to invest in the people that we care 
mm-hmm. for to make the change in our community. And that's where we need to change how we um how we want to make change in our community. Right. Like I hear people say, man, F the police. You know what I'm saying? Defund the police. And I understand where that comes from. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to respond to a 911 call. Straight not doing it. Right. All right. Somebody robbing your granny house. Right. You're going to call somebody. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, it's how you organize that organization. It's how you um, build that organization up. You know what I'm saying? So you all, you all, we all play a role in that. Mm-hmm. Um, we need law enforcement. Right. I'm not a, I'm not no advocate for law enforcement. I'm not. Mm-hmm. However, I know that there's a need. Right. So if you want to be a part of that change and change what that culture is, you got to somehow get in, into that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with politicians. We don't trust politicians. Our culture don't trust. We don't even vote. The reason why we don't because we don't trust politicians. Mm-hmm. We don't believe in the system. Mm-hmm. And I'm just speaking generally. Um, until you see somebody that can inspire you to say, "Man, maybe I can. Maybe I will." Right. But somebody's got to actually go out and do it. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that's yeah. That's what I mean. Like this is bigger than you know. Like, bro, trust me. Like, be seeing this go down. I'm like, this is gonna lead to something phenomenal you know because it's like there's a lot of people out there that's watching you and watching what you're doing and they may not tell you directly how it's impacting them but it is and you'll probably never know that it's impacting them the way that it is you know like say the other day um i was online and it was a dude from compton uh i'm not sure i forgot his name but he was a blood right Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure if you heard about either but he was basically taunting the crips in compton to start donating more and doing more for their community. Like, we're doing this, we're doing that. I ain't seen the, the Crips do anything. Like, what's up? What y'all doing? You know? And I yeah. was just like, damn, what better way yeah. to taunt somebody? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To to check somebody, be like, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going to be like, man, F, nah, man, we at uh, Kelly Park doing whoop de whoop You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, all, all I see is Looters Park. Y'all at Looters Park all the time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But, but then it's, you know, I'm just like, damn, man, this could really come into like, you know, a competition on doing something better for the community, you mm-hmm. know? Man, the our people have been through so much trauma. Mm-hmm. We're tired of it. Even the, even the gangsters. Right. Even they want to see a change. Mm-hmm. You just have to be able to provide the opportunities, the resources, and 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 lay out the foundation for them. You got to trust them. In them. You got to believe in them. Man, I grew up on the east side of Compton. I grew up in a neighborhood called Elm Street Pyro. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm working with a dude named Gangster from Santana Block, which is the rival to what would be the considered one of the rivals. Mm-hmm. This dude came to me and was like, "Yo, I got this after school program I want to do for some kids, man." I'm like, "Man, send it to me." He sends me this whole proposal to the T. Mm. Say less. We got him in. Uh, we gave him three months. Three month trial to do it at the at the park, mm-hmm. his park mm-hmm. in his neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I popped in a couple times. Got kids in there; they all attentive, they all engaged, trying to figure it out. Like, and I'm seeing this OG crip. Everybody know gangsta is mm-hmm. like they know him. Whole nother page though, whole nother page. Strictly about pushing positivity and changing that area. You know what I'm saying? 
And we need more like that. There's another cat named Casper over in Southside. He's doing some similar things over there. Mm-hmm. You got some cats over at Lutus Park that's doing some similar things. You got hoods, even some cats over there in um, Capanella that's, that's been doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's constantly like, you got some great people in the community. You just got to feed that. Right. You know what I'm saying? We don't feed it. Well, we also, like you said, we got to know who they are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we, that has to be projected. Like, there needs to be some like, hey, they're doing this. Y'all donate. You know, come support. Come do something. But I am seeing that a lot more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no, like, because of the internet, a lot of heroes aren't unspoken. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if we all share, you know, this event going on or this or that, you know, people are going to come through. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. But you, you're right about that, man, because it's like, we only we could only judge based off of like what we see and what we hear about, you know, because a lot of us are ignorant to the things that's going on, mm-hmm. you know, because somebody might say, man, the Crips ain't doing nothing, man, they ain't doing shit. We over here, we cracking. But then I'll talk to you and so you'd be like, no, nah, there's this guy over here doing this and this guy over here. But then it's like, they're not wrong. They just didn't know. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or like, you know. And, but then- and, and maybe it's just, again, talking, they're just talking shit. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? We right. go back and forth. I want to egg you on to do more. Right, 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 right. I encourage that's that. Yeah, that's telling, a good thing too. Yeah. Telling me ain't doing enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if that's, a, if that's what we need to do, a little mm. friendly competition to get this thing up, say less. Right. I'm going I'm to egg it on. Right. I'm going to gas it up like we would gas the negativity up. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We just do the same thing, bro. Mm. So I'm not saying that they right or wrong. Maybe the, maybe the Crips ain't doing enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe y'all need to do more. Right. But uh, right. That's you know I just say that to yeah. Just keep 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 the keep that going, man. I mean like friendly competition on some positivity. Oh yeah. Because so like you said, bro, we always we were com- competitive over some of the negative stuff ever, bro. Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, like say I remember in middle school, I went to Curtis, right? So as you, I'm not sure, well, you do know, Curtis is Compton, Watts, Carson, South Central, like everybody comes to that school. Yeah. And in the school, it was almost like a competition on who lived in the worst neighborhood. You know, like we were outside on the grass, you know, during PE, and they're like, man, y'all ain't got no helicopters, ain't no police cars, you know, it ain't cracking out here, and you'll feel bad, like, man, no, somebody got killed the other day, and yeah. you know, it's like, we wanted that type of notoriety and that energy like, man, I'm, man, I'm from the projects. And it's just like, and I started to think about it as a grown man. And I'm like, who the fuck wants to live in the projects? Yeah. I know those people will probably love to live in an area where they could have a big four bedroom home and grass. And you know what I'm saying? Not to say anything wrong with it, yeah. but it's like, I you know, it. it's like, you know, like we all want better for ourselves, but for some reason, we wanted to cling on to the negativity so much, you know. It was just like you know, it was just a, such a damaging effect. That's that that is that I attest that to the music, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like we bragging about have, who has it the worst. We're yeah. not talking about how we get better, right? How we get more, right? Like we talking about, man, look, y'all ain't got enough bodies over there. <laughs> and you saying that as a kid, not even knowing the magnitude of what you're talking about, right? Like, unless you've put down some bodies, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're talking about. You right. just, like, I mean, it just sounds good. You know what I'm saying? It's good yeah. to go. So, Until the bodies that's dropping are friends of yours and, and your and, family members and your brothers and your cousins. You know what I'm saying? Then it's it, it ain't going to be all good then when you're in the funeral looking at that obituary crying 
Like, man, they killed my, you know what I'm yep. saying? Like that doesn't feel good. And we've been and we've been down that road. Yeah. We've been down that cycle. We've gone through this. That's a lot of the hood beefs. A lot of these hood beefs start over something as small as leather jacket being stolen, you know. Yeah. You got 30 years of killing behind it. I'm yeah. Like, bro, we done knocked off grand, we done knocked off our grandkids at this point. Man. You know? I think about that all the time. Like, think about how many people could have been produced if we didn't have, you know, like all of this, this, uh, you know, violence, bro. We kill off a lot of potential. Yeah. Over the years, we've killed off a <laughs> lot of, we've, we've killed off a lot of Barack Obamas. Mm -hmm. We've killed a lot of Louis Farrakhan's. We killed a lot of Martin Luther King. We killed a lot of potential. All these different great leaders, we've potentially just killed them off just, over just some of the most trivial, minute. Sometimes it's just over wanting to shoot somebody. Sometimes. You know? like, sometimes it's just like that. Like, man, I'm, you know, let's go kill somebody just to say that we did it and we gonna go to this neighborhood and hey, it's some niggas outside that look like they with it. All right, cool, boom, 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 you know? And then that person ends up being, you know, just a regular guy, a and civilian. All, and all that comes from just being traumatized over the years. Mm -hmm. And so and things that we don't really talk about in our community, which has become more of a conversation now, is mental health. You know, we've been, like, my, my, my dad gang bang, his dad gang bang, and their brothers gang bang, and mm -hmm. this is how life goes. This is, you know what I'm saying? So you've conditioned to this. They've passed on their trauma to you, and you've passed on your trauma to your kids, and everybody's been traumatized over the years, but ain't nobody talked about it. Yeah, you nobody expressed what 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 getting shot meant, or when you when 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 your brother touched your daughter inappropriately. Nobody want to talk about that. They want to talk about certain things that happen in our households that make us more angry, that right. make us lash out. We don't want to heal from that stuff. We don't want to talk about it. And that's uh, crazy you said that, man. Cause hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, because within my family, I was pushing us talking about some of the stuff that we swept under the rug, you know, that could help all of us heal. But then it's like, it's gonna hurt to talk about it at first. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, everybody's good, but you know, how are they good? Are they good because they have a job, because they have a place to live, because they're eating, drinking? It's like, no, a lot of us, you know, have these underlying issues that causes us to be triggered, mm -hmm. you know, in all kinds of ways because of how we were treated growing up or, you know, just all of this trauma. So I'm like, you know what, it's never gonna heal if we do not put it, you know, at the forefront. Just a sweep. We could sweep it up under the rug after we talk about it, after it gets out, after I hear your side of the story, your perspective. Because it's like, say this, right? If I was abused by my dad growing up, right? And now we have a good relationship, but we are not talking about it. I would want to talk to him and say like, man, what the fuck were you going through to make me, you know, to do this to me as a child? And he could have been like, man, you know, I was struggling, man. I didn't have enough money. I was going through it at work. And, you know, I had some trouble I was going through with my mama when I was raised. And, you know, all of these different things that can help us understand so we can move forward from it. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I think that a lot of these, a lot of us need to have those conversations, even with our parents now. I mean, like, you got some, some, uh, some mothers that have ruined their daughter's credit before they was even oh, yeah. 16 <laughs> because they got two evictions. They got, you know, uh, stuff in collections. They don't even know their social security number. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got 
uh, uh, same thing with, with 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 fathers. You know what I'm saying? Like we we put our kids um, based on our own traumas and experiences in life. We, that's another how, another way we pass it on, mm-hmm. and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Like now, your daughter or son's mad as hell at you because. They try to get a cell phone, right. <laughs> and they found out their credit score is the same as their body weight. Right. <laughs> and now they're like, "Well, how?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, your credit been bad for fifteen years. I do. I'm seventeen. You know what I'm saying?" So, um, but again, those are just examples of passing this trauma on because reasons why those things happen. Now you got tension in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, you mad at moms, and y'all don't talk about it. She got an attitude with you because you mad at her. Right. Like, yeah. we have not done good with communicating with one another. Mm-hmm. And so that's another one of the things that I want to, like, bring to the community. I'm, I'm looking for ways to bring in free mental health. Um, and I want to, um, obviously, I want to specific, uh, be specific to Compton because that's, again, that's where my that's where my debt is at. Right. So uh, I'm looking for ways to bring in um, free mental health resources and I found some fund uh, funding sources and we just got to organize it in a particular way but I'm like that's one of my main goals like public safety is one of my uh, one of my uh, plat- one of the, uh, the items on my platform mm-hmm. um, public safety had nothing to do with locking people up had nothing to do with sending people to jail and it was always about being proactive as opposed to reactive Right. Um, mental health resources can help and heal people because we just said it uh, a moment ago hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. well hurt people can always hurt people right how do you not have hurt people right how do you change that part you know what i'm saying um yeah so nice. the free mental health resources the expungements it's just like you know it's just all these different things that we got to do to just to to be preventive yeah and that's one of the key things that you know i did a lot of soul searching growing up and I just noticed that, like, it's really just about your mental health. Because if that's not handled, you're not going to be able to go in the world and really be something, you know? Because it's like, if you have all of these triggers, that's going to reflect in your work, in your relationships, and, mm-hmm. you know, how you get down. Because a lot of us take things personal that we shouldn't take personal. Right. You know, like, say, within, you know, some fem- uh, women in my family, you know, they'll just be like, oh, she got an attitude. And I'll be like, man, don't worry. You don't know what she's thinking about, you know, like she, that's not even you shouldn't even be worried about that, yeah. you know, but that's just like, you know, a trigger that they got to work on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me get a male counterpart. When we walk in the room and we share, we we, we eyeball everybody in the room, mm-hmm. you know, we or we size somebody up from the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. It was a long time for a while. We couldn't even walk down the street without sizing the person that you're walking uh, across from. We got the same issue. That's the hardest thing to get over, though. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, it's just like, that's about one this of too. the hardest things. We just, I, you know, because as soon as you see, like, say, if I didn't know you, right, mm-hmm. and you walked inside of a restaurant or whatever, I have to look at you and, you know, figure you out. You know what I'm saying? But then the way we make sure that it's cool is we say, what's up? You know, like, hey, you know, we, you know, we good? Okay, cool. You know, all right, let's go about our day. You know what I'm saying? You know, one of the, one of my rules at the Hub Radio mm-hmm. was for, Every man that worked at the Hub Radio or was family at the Hub Radio to speak to every new person that's a man coming in and welcoming that man 
in the space and said, hey, man, y'all need some water, y'all need some juices, we got woo-woo, just making them feel welcome. That's the only And I did the same thing with the females. You go over there and you make sure that you're welcoming these females in here and you roll out the red carpet for our guests. Right. That changes the environment. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You know how many times I've, I've, I've spoke to some, some some dudes, like, yeah, what's going on, King? How you doing? Like, anything, anything I can do for you? Woo-woo. And it changes how yeah. they even, that's, they don't even know how to take really, it all the time. That's really all it takes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. say because if like say when I, I worked at uh this office in well well Wells Fargo, right? And there was this dude from Inglewood. So, you know, we from like the same area or whatever, right? right. Well, he's from the city. And there was this other black guy there that was from uh he was from out of state. And me and him, when we seen each other, what's up, bro? Okay, we good. Yeah, yeah. How you doing, brother? All right, we, you know, that's some that's some stuff, right? That's mm-hmm. some inner city stuff. But the dude that wasn't from where we was from, he never said anything to us. Mm-hmm. And the my other guy from Inglewood, he hated that dude like so much. He was like, I hate that dude. Like he don't speak when he see you, like, man, because you know, if we the only black brothers around, you supposed to say something. Yeah. Like that's automatic. You know what I mean? Or else it's like why bring in though. That exactly. You know, but then after a while, we got to know him personal on a personal level. Now he's saying something. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But then it's like at first he because I really wasn't tripping, but he was like hot, you know, he was super mad, but I'm like, you know, maybe he just don't know. He ain't from the same, you know, he just don't know the type of respect level that we had to have for other people in order for it not to be an issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause what you were doing, well, I say if I walked in there and I'm about that life and these dudes looking at me and they not saying nothing, I'm going to be on guard the whole time. Yep. You know, that's like, you know, but that's that's the games that, you know, we'll play. It's like, if you don't go up to that brother and speak or say anything, it could lead to a bigger issue. Yep. You know, so like, that's, you know, we... Just a simple speaking right. and, and acknowledgement. Right. You know, right. And acknowledgement right. of a human being's presence. Right. And having respect for that human being can change so much. Yeah. Especially no in our culture. Yeah. We're ready to die for our respect. We're ready to die for our respect, bro. Yeah. We've done it. Right. We do that. Right. And yeah. That is a LA culture thing. That is bro. That's ser- that seriously is. Like we have to do that. Like no matter where you at, be respect if you're respectable, more than likely you're gonna get a pass. You know, no matter where you at or who you are. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, hey man, I hey. Which, <laughs> but, but you only know that because you're 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 in the culture. You're from the culture. Yeah. Like, you don't know that if you don't like you're like, oh boy, mm-hmm. you, you don't get that. Right. You know what I'm saying? But do we stone them for that? No, nah, because you didn't come up in the same culture. Another thing that we do is like we tell people that we 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 relate hood and ghetto to black. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like when you're kids, you say, "Hey man, y'all ain't got enough helicopters, enough bodies, enough." <laughs> right. And and for somehow you relate that to being black. Mm-hmm. And in the inner city, we've done that. Right. Or black people that doesn't live in the inner city, they don't. It's not the same. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now he's asked, well, what is black? What is being cultured? Mm-hmm. We don't have no culture. I'm just, just not, not me yeah, and you. No, I get what you're saying. But I'm saying, like, yeah. we don't practice culture here. Mm-hmm. Somebody else might practice culture somewhere else, but they ain't from the hood. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, and I say all that to just say, it's different backgrounds, different upbringings. Mm-hmm. And instead of us saying, all right, man, you should have did shit different. You should have did this different. It's like, Maybe we need to be the one that initiates the difference. Right. Because we see it. Right. Like, 
I think the Bible says much known, much required. Right. Like if you know it, it's on you to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some people just ain't gonna get it. Yeah. No, nah, you, you you show them. Yeah, you're right about that. Cause it's like say, um, you know, I, I live in the valley now, so if I see another black person, you know, I try to, you know, you know, people, period, though. But especially if they black, you kind of like, hey, what's up? How how's, how you doing, brother? Whatever. Yeah. But then I notice that a lot of a lot of them, you know, sometimes they don't want to do that, you know, or they'll try to avoid seeing you or talking to you. But it's like where we from, you have to look somebody in the eye, mm. acknowledge them. How you doing, brother? You know, something. Yeah. Or else it's a symbol of disrespect. But if you don't grow up in that culture, like you said, bro, you're never going to know. And I often, you know, in the, in the Valley, there's people like not from L.A. And I often have to like tell them how our culture is, but they don't really understand it. And I don't feel like anyone could ever understand it because there's so many layers to it, mm -hmm. you know, that it's kind of like, man, you got to you got to go through a course. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we got to have a course like a year, like hours, because yeah. I remember, bro, like growing up and um, like say I, if I met a girl in Compton, right? She'd be like, yeah, I stay in Compton. And then I'll be like, OK, where at? Like what cross streets? Uh, so one of the cross streets was a. Uh, no, Wilmington and Alondra, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what I'll do. I'll call my homeboy. Hey, man, I know this girl that's saying on Wilmington and Alondra. You know, what hood is over there? Oh, that's a sunny cove. No, you straight. You know what I'm saying? You could go up in there and it's cool. But then it's like, say if I wasn't from L.A., you know, and I'll probably go inside of a wrong pocket just thinking it's all good, something could happen. Yeah. Because there's some people that you need to talk to that's up to date on the streets. They'll probably be like, Nah, you don't want to go over there because the such and such and such and such are beefing right now mm -hmm. and they're going to get into it. But then it's like, man, like you really have to be equipped. You know what I'm saying? With like that game in order to maneuver out here and know somebody that has the ear, uh, their ear to the streets. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's why you got to check in. That's why I tell them. Yeah, no, nah, seriously, that's in. real. It is. It is. A, and, and the check in starts off with just knowing what's going on. Right. It don't necessarily mean extortion. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> People, right. People take it that way, but it's really just like, you know, knowing what's going on, where you can go, where you can't hang out. Because you're right. It's all it's always in the hood update mm -hmm. on oh, who's beefing, why they beefing, mm -hmm. where they tripping at. Like it's always a hood update. So right. You 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 checking in for that. Right, right. Like, man, is it hot over here right now? I gotta go to this store and nah, bro, they over here. Yeah, it's like it's crazy, man. But the things that you know, we have to, uh, we had to be equipped with versus like our children. It's just like night and day. You know what I'm saying? Like I look at my kids now and I'm like, man, the stuff that I had to go through, y'all don't even. But their struggles is going to be different. Right. Their struggles going to be gotta, different. You got to respect that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they're going to have a different struggle. And right. you might look at it and be like, man, that ain't nothing. But for them. You know what? It's, it's crazy because I talked to a guy that went to high school in Granada Hills, right? And, you know, it's a fluent area. And he was telling me that he went through stuff in high school because the kids were on drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, they were on drugs. They were overdosing in class. Some people died from overdoses. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, dang, that's a whole different struggle. But then it's still, like, something that you had to go through. Yeah. But then, like, me coming from L.A., being like, man, y'all soft. Y'all ain't had to go through the stuff that I went through and, you know, it was kind of, it's, it, it, you know, I was like, man, maybe I should be, you know, more understanding of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because they got, they, their struggle might be racism. I don't know. 
It was. It was. Yeah. Like, it was Every, crazy. Every, yeah. yeah. Everybody got a different struggle, man. One of my partners is uh, Middle Eastern, but he looks white, but his people are from Iran. And he was just like, yeah, man, you know, he doesn't want to go. He he said that he will never have his kids go to Calabasas High School because he went there and he suffered racism and this because he was, I mean, he has blue eyes or whatever. You know, he looks, I thought he was white, but then he said that they used to call him sand nigger. Mm-hmm. You know, and he just went through a lot of torment there and the drugs and all of these things. I was like, at Calabasas, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I went to Crenshaw, bro. <laughs> like, what? You know, but then it was like, that was his own struggle, man. But this this conversation is good because it's like, it'll give people a level of understanding each other so we can more so be a community within communities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I preach that a lot, man. It's just having compassion for it. Your fellow people. Now, people cross the line. You know, people cross the line. I'm not. Everybody has their lines. Right. But we don't have to cancel everybody. We don't have to fight right. everybody. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just misunderstandings. and We just need to have communication. And you see it this way. He see it that way. And it is what it is. And it is what it is. <laughs> just figure out ways to, to, to work with it, man. And, and, and just be adults about it. Mm-hmm. So, man. Um. You know, a little birdie told me that Dr. Dre gave you ninety thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, am I dreaming? Does that say Dr. Dre donated? Damn. Yeah. You know, like, bro, that's what I'm saying, bro. It's like this could last for two hours on like the stuff that you be on. But I'm like, how in the world did yeah. that happen? Um, currently, man, I am uh, a feature in a documentary. It's mm-hmm. called uh, Compton's Finest. Mm-hmm. Um, my boy uh, Clee Sloan, most known as Bone, uh, is the producer. Uh, he's done several different movies. He's uh, produced Bastards at a Party. He's oh, okay. uh, Training Days. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Dave. who he is. Yeah, Bone. Right. Yeah. He's done several uh, films, mm-hmm. and uh, he's doing the, uh, the producing. Dr. Dre is doing the executive producing. So this has everybody from Compton in it. It mm-hmm. tells the whole Compton story. You're going to see people uh, that you didn't even know was from Compton, like Kevin Costner, you know what I'm saying? Oh, God. Uh, the, the the Bush family, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? You got uh, Eva DuVernay in there. You got so many different people mm-hmm. in there, and they use the radio. Um, you know, I'm in, I'm in there. Mm-hmm. I'm in there. And they, um, and part of that, they wanted me to interview Dre. And I met Dre for the first time at the groundbreaking of Compton High School. And I'm walking up to him to go introduce myself. And as I'm like, yo, I'm out. And he's like, Hub City Dre. He gave me my rundown. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, everybody, hold on. I don't want to take no pictures. I don't want to talk to nobody. I need to talk to you. And he was like, man, when when you going to bring me on the show? When you going to have me on your show? We got to talk. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're Dr. Dre. Yeah. Well, we'll man, figure that, that out, bro. Yeah, that <laughs> and so a few months later, man, I had the honor to, because um, it was a documentary and it, it'll come out. Uh, I got a chance to interview him at his house. Mm-hmm. So went down to his house. Uh, we bought Tom Brady's old house and like added a house to it. Like it was like this massive Dang. thing, like the Palisades or something. Uh, I, I mean, don't know you can't never mind. Yeah, but it was it it, it was mm-hmm. so. In any event, man, I got a chance to, to talk to him. Took me on a little tour. We talked for five, about four hours, bro, chopping it up. And then the next day, I had to interview him again for the you know. For the rest of it, mm-hmm. it's another three or four hours chopping it up. 
And when we were done, he was like, man, look, put my number in your phone, man. Hit me up and, you know what I'm saying, pull up on me, man. We just we just be chilling over here. <laughs> okay. You don't think it's, all right, whatever. Yeah. And hit him up a couple weeks later. He invited me over for the Super Bowl. I ended up watching the Super Bowl over there, mm -hmm. you know, and then it was over there for his birthday and Father's Day, and we just hanging out, building relationship, you know what I'm saying? And um, I let him know what my goals was, what my vision was for the city mm -hmm. and what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to run for mayor. And, you know, I was coming to get, you know, a check for 10 grand. I'm like, man, can you get a donation? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's like, well, what you need? And I gave him the number I needed. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, pff, you can get that tomorrow. And he made that happen. Wow. <laughs> um, that happened back in March, and it's for the, my camp, my mayoral, uh, mayoral campaign. Mm -hmm. So uh, in twenty twenty six, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you know, he made the donation back then, man. Uh, I didn't say nothing, you know, mm -hmm. but nothing to really say. Uh, but somebody pulled my four sixties, right? Which is like, you know, like we got to file everything that we do politically with our, our money. Mm -hmm. You have to file it every month. Mm -hmm. So we've been filing it. You know, it's been there. Mm -hmm. No one looked until January. Mm -hmm. and so when they looked, then they, you know, they published it. And it said it Dr. Dre's name on there? Or like, yeah. Oh, Andre Young? Andre Young. Oh, shit. That's how they figured it out. Yeah. It came from him personally. Yeah, it came in from, oh, okay. from him personally, man. And yeah, he just, um, he's he's locked in with, with, with the vision, with mm -hmm. helping to change the community. Um. I told you, like, my whole thing in Compton was to change the image of Compton. And I travel around the world, bro. I've been Dubai, Egypt, Jamaica, St. Martin. We went all over the place. And all over, all kind of countries in Africa. I've seen that. Yeah, man. Yeah. And um, and when people ask you where you're from, and I tell them, mm -hmm. you know, they know Compton. Mm -hmm. But I don't look like what their interpretation of Compton is. Yeah. So I don't look like. I'm from Compton. I don't walk like, I don't talk like, I don't dress like, I don't move like I'm from Compton. I'm listening to this from people that's all across the world. Mm -hmm. I've been in Compton my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to these people all across the world tell me that I'm not Compton enough. And uh, I even had producers tell me that on TV shows that came to Compton to, to film mm -hmm. and want me to talk more Compton. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to that from people that ain't from mm -hmm. the area. So it's, it's all about the perception and what um, media's put out about what the city is. Yeah, And a lot of that comes from the NWA image. Mm -hmm. A lot of that comes from the fuck the police image. A lot of that comes from just that aura, that era of, yeah. um, you know what I'm saying? So in terms of like changing the image, I believe that we were in alignment with it. I'm like, you know, I've had in, in our interview, and you guys will see this eventually, I'll ask them like, you know, do you take any responsibility for what the image of Compton is today? And, gotta say yeah, you know. I mean, I, I love this answer for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love this answer for it, and yeah. it was genuine. It was real, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was something I could get behind. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it goes back to compassion. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, and you don't know what people are dealing with and what they're going through. So we got, we had a great conversation about that, but mm -hmm. from that turns into you know what he wants to do, how he wants to be a part of changing that image. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wants to, to to help you know better the city. He's genuinely wanting wanting to do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? He don't he don't have to come back to Compton for nothing. Right. You're a billionaire, bro. Right. You know right. He can leave y'all in the dust for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? People have done it. Yeah. Several people have done it. Yeah. I can go down a list of people that's famous from Compton that's made it huge. Mm -hmm. 
And Compton stills look like the Compton that they talked about. Yeah, you you driving, you hit a pothole, you think you got shot at, the tire go bop. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy because um, you know, I had a friend from Brooklyn and he came to LA, and you know, I'm, I'm I was uh, in Carson, right? So you know, we about a mile away, right? So I end up driving uh, up the street, like down Avalon. I'm no, I think Central, and we're in Compton, and he just couldn't believe that it was Compton. He was like, "Man, these houses are nice." Like, yeah, man, this you know, I didn't expect it to look like this. So I was like, "Yeah, man." I mean, you know, and, there's some beautiful homes in Compton. Oh, especially that, on the west side, you man, know, like, straight up, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. and I tell people this all the time, man. Compton, by definition, is a suburb. Yeah. We literally have everything that we need. Yeah. Colleges, airports, water wells, uh, fire stations, police stations, city yeah. hall, courthouses. What do you need? What you want? Yeah. We got it. Right. Agriculture. We known for agriculture. We have the best soil in, in, in the Southland. Right. Don't know soil get better than the soil in Compton. I said they ain't got the only city. It's crazy because it's like everybody is LAUSD besides y'all. You know, there's like no yeah. other city. Besides uh, Long Beach, but Long Beach stands on their own too. Yeah, we don't really. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Respect to the LB, man. Especially, yeah, Respect to the LB. We gonna go on that. But, but 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 yes, we Compton sets itself aside from just the county. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and uh, and we we'll tell you quick. Like we're not LA, right? Like we just we're not. A lot of people felt Compton people don't get LA tattoos. Generally speaking, like I, you, we know of one famous person that that did it, and and even it was kicked back there at at some points. But like, we don't, we don't, we don't. And, and it's not a disrespect. It's just like it's just different. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Same, yeah. Shout out to Watts too, because it's the same thing with them. Like they, because yeah, like y'all don't, y'all don't know the air. Like I often tell people, if you blindfold me and put me. In Long Beach, I'll be lost for days. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't know that area. But if you put me in South Central, I'm always find my way out. You yeah. know, like, I grew up in that area. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I get that. But a lot of us really don't have to leave, like, the area that we get. Yeah. No, we just make it better. Right. And we and and the thing about making it better is that it takes a level of responsibility mm-hmm. and accountability. Mm-hmm. Like, the hood looked like that because you. Right. You play a part in that, right. whether that be you throwing your blunt ashes out the out the window, mm-hmm. whether that be you throwing your McDonald's out the window, you hitting up walls with with the with, with the graffiti, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The, the the takeovers, the robberies, like it's all of us. The lack of voting, right. the lack of engagement, like we're the reason why, and we can't always blame other people. We have to sit, look at that mirror, and be like, "Yo, what can I do?" That's gonna make my community. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And when people start doing that, is when you'll start seeing some real change. Because y'all put it all, uh, most people put it on the electeds. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, they just as messed up as the streets. Y'all let some crazy people in there. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not all out for your best interest. Right. Hell, you ain't gave them a reason to have interest. Right. You ain't voted, you ain't donated. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, what power do you have? What, what power do you actually have? Yeah. So what do you want to do in your community? And how do you want to do something different? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've I been looking at these street takeovers, bro. And I don't even know if I should say it like this, but I'm going to speak in Compton. 
Nobody lets their enemy come into their neighborhood and disrespect, mm-hmm. right? You won't see the Crips go hang out at a blood park and just be out willy-nilly like this is home. Right. And, and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But we allow other people to come into our neighborhoods, block off the streets, do donuts, tear up the streets, tear up the sidewalks, stop you from getting to your grandmama's house to give her insulin shot. Stop you from taking your mama, you know, to the to the gym. Just all this, it just interrupts the community, and we allow it to happen. We got gangsters that will go shoot the block up for de- uh, feeling disrespected. Mm-hmm. Yet we'll let strangers come into our community and tear the block up and go home. Damn. Yeah, those are those are some. Hey, man, but. In closing, bro, I want to tell you, like, thank you for being a living testimony of everything that you speak about. You know what I'm saying? Like, that means a lot, and a lot of people are seeing that, and they will continue to see it. You know, that's why I was like, man, if I have anybody come on this podcast, it's you, you know, because I've been watching you for years. It's not like, oh, I heard from, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, like, we bought, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like, man, like, people do need to – hear his message, hear his perspective, hear his journey, and hopefully more versions of Andre Spicer will get out there and make a difference in their community, in their own way, to whatever capacity that they can do it in. You know, like donating $5, writing up a program, whatever you could do, Yep. you know, whatever you could do to your capacity to make a change is always needed. You know, you don't have to, you know, donate 40 hours, Give some money, do something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Straight up, man. And just holding people accountable. Thank you, man, for having me on, bro. I oh, really I appreciate you taking the time. No doubt, man. Yeah, man, we, we, we've been wanting to make this happen for a minute. <laughs> right. you reaching out, man, and right. uh, closing the deal, dog. Yeah. And I'm, whenever you want me to come back, we can talk about whatever. Yeah. yeah. I know we got some other things we were supposed to talk about we didn't get to. Right, man. But but just, I'm with you. Yeah, right. It wasn't all that time, but, yeah. you know. But, yeah, man, we'll get appreciate to you, my brother. Uh, thanks for having me, No bro. doubt, no doubt.